Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. I am delighted you are back here with us again this week and even more delighted because I have a very special guest with me today who has not only been in the tech industry, but is also paving the way for the next generation of women in the tech field. I'd like to introduce you to Masha. She is an entrepreneur, content creator, educator, ex-Googler, we're going to talk more about that, stereotype challenger, and a girl with big dreams and ambitions. Her hobbies include discovering new things about technology, listening to inspiring stories of women, traveling, cooking, everything from scratch, I like that, eating everything she's made, laughing, ideating, painting, and recently she picked up candle making. She is originally from Russia and has worked and studied in five countries. Her background is in marketing and market research, and she has worked in many environments. As you can imagine, you, you do in tech, startups, a big company like Google, a university, and in her own business. Now she's working through figuring out how to be an influencer, helped other women be successful in technology, and she says it's been a fun ride. And I am thrilled to have Masha here with us today on the show to talk about her career, her role, her journey in technology, how it started, where it's taken her, and where she thinks she is going to be going. So welcome to the show, Masha. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited for this conversation. I am as well. I've been following your YouTube channel, The Coding, Coding Blonde, and your website as well, and the opportunities and conversations you're having with other women in technology is really inspiring. But before we dive into all of that, um, can you take a few minutes and just tell us a little bit about your story and what your journey has been like up until now? Ooh, yeah, there's, to be honest, there's a lot to unpack and um, I'll try to give you a short version because uh, I can go on and on forever about the twists and turns because there were so many. Let's just say when I was growing up in Russia, I had no idea uh, that I'd end up where I ended up. Um, and to be honest, when I was graduating university or my master's program, I had no idea um, what would happen, what career trajectory I would have. And I would have never predicted that I would be here because I guess um, social media didn't exist uh, back when mm -hmm. I was a child. Right. And, you know, it just started when I was at, the, um, when I was at university. I remember everybody was starting to um, get an Instagram account and I was kind of a late adopter. Uh, I was boycotting this mainstream thing and now look at me, I'm... <laughs> That's one of my main um, outlets for mm -hmm. my content. So it's been very unpredictable. Uh, very unpredictable. I um, didn't really know what I was gonna do, um, and what I when it came to deciding what I wanted to do at university, I kind of defaulted to what my both of my parents studied economics, and it was well. That's that's a good that's a good field. It's definitely a good field, but it wasn't right for me. It wasn't right I for you. I realized that uh, on the 
you know, when I was about to graduate um, because I struggled through it. I didn't, I, I, yes, there were parts that were interesting, but I didn't have a passion for it. It wasn't something that I was, you know, dreaming about at night. It was just, a, for me, it felt like a dry subject. And of course, there's so mm -hmm. many people who will enjoy it so much more than I did, but I defaulted into it because I didn't explore enough options. And I, didn't have an open mind to explore fields like computer science or something like that. Even though as a little girl, I was 11 when I started coding in Visual Basic, I built programs. Oh my gosh, I love this so much. That's the first language I learned as well. And usually when I say it, people are always, their eyeballs kind of like, what? But <laughs> I, oh my, I just lit up when you said that because that's the first language I learned too. And the first program I ever created was how to turn the light bulb on and off when I was learning binary. And I was so excited with myself that I figured out how to turn the light bulb on and off. Absolutely. I mean, that's, it's just, you know, creating something uh, w with Visual Basic felt like, I don't know, building things out of nothing. And it was that yes. excitement. And I think it's this excitement that draws people to technology, to build things out of nothing, to build things out of their imagination, out of their heads. And um, so I had that in me, but I didn't even, you know, consider uh, computer science, unfortunately, because I... Um, I stopped coding Visual Basic when I uh, left Russia and went to a boarding school in the UK when I was 14. And, you know, all of my focus was in learning English and making friends, making friends that don't speak my language. <laughs> and actually, you know, surviving in class because all of a sudden chemistry wasn't English, you know, and things like that. So, um, it so was you kind learned of English at the age of 14? I was learning English um, ever since I was probably four, but you know, what, what do you learn in school, in a Russian school versus being submerged in England in, a, in an environment where you have to, you know how a lot of people in the U.S., for example, learn Spanish? Well, yes, compare but, that. Both of my children are learning Spanish right now. So compare that, compare that knowledge and that exposure to the language to actually going to, a, you know, the country where everybody speaks the language and having to do all the subjects and everything and all of you, your interactions are in that. So right. it takes a lot of effort, sure. of course. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that because I'm completely impressed right now because <laughs> learning something at the age of 14 is so different than learning it when you're four, five, six years old, you know, and Although I'm going to say this because I say this a lot of times, like learning a new language is like learning to code. Coding is another type of language. So that the fact that you knew a little bit of English and then you taught yourself some visual basic, that's pretty impressive. And then trying to learn. Um, okay. Um, my, my jaw is falling open. I'm just, uh, this is awesome. Okay. Keep going. Keep going with your story. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, so yeah, I didn't really know what to do. So I defaulted to economics. Um, and I always was drawn to marketing and I thought it was super interesting how you can combine data and uh, creativity to mm -hmm. come up with something, to make something more attractive, to uh, also have that piece of figuring out what it is that people need, what is the thing that will solve their problems and how to solve their problems. So I did a master's in market research and consumer behavior. And once I did that, 
I, to be honest, didn't know what, where to go next. And I was trying mm -hmm. to apply everywhere. And I ended up at a tech startup. I ended up doing marketing for a tech startup. And that's how my um, introduction to the tech world began. Uh, again, I was on the marketing side, on the business mm -hmm. side. But I was working with, you know, like, it was a tiny startup. There were right. four of us or five of us at some point. And, you know, the developers were sitting next to me and we were having lunch together and all that stuff. So I got exposed to that and that, you know, the little child in me who coded in Visual Basic just woke mm -hmm. up and was, was like, wait, wait, I really enjoy this. Uh, yeah. why, don't, why don't you let me build things? So I started learning how to code myself while I was working at those startups and, um, uh, another motivation for learning how to code was actually the fact that I am Russian, I have a Russian passport, and I wanted to um, work in Europe or the US. But in order to do that, I needed to be sponsored for a visa. And mm -hmm. that is a hurdle that is very difficult to jump for a recent graduate whose background is in marketing. There's just so much competition. How do you stand out? How do you position yourself um, so that people, uh, so that companies are willing to, I wouldn't say fight for you as a candidate, but you know, mm -hmm. they're willing to go through all of that crazy stuff that goes along with sponsoring someone. Right. For right. But I started learning how to code to kind of also um, improve my resume, make myself more employable and I'm a blonde who was learning how to code <laughs> that connected in my head. And I've always been super curious about having a blog and what it's like and right. you know, the monetization piece, of course, cause it's just such a weird world and it was just starting at the, uh, at the time. So I decided that I'll start a blog and I'll call it coding blonde because that describes me. And also mm -hmm. I come from a country with very strong, uh, gender stereotypes and also the jokes about blondes are uh, they're to right. the next level yeah. so I thought it would be a fun play on words being like well you know what I'm a blonde who codes yes and I like that thank you and so yeah that's how it started and um, two weeks later I got my first interview that led to a job I've been applying to uh, jobs at that company for half a year nonstop. Um, so that was Google and I got a first interview and that just, I ended up getting the job <laughs> and, uh, that meant that I didn't have time to learn how to code anymore because my job was super demanding. I didn't have mm -hmm. much time to keep up, uh, with my blog, but still I tried to, um, I tried to maintain it somehow and um, started a YouTube channel and all that stuff because I was working with YouTube creators. Basically, long story short, I decided that my goal personally wasn't to learn how to code to get a job in that space, but I found a passion for helping others get into the space. Mm -hmm. I love technology. I love learning about technology and learning about careers in that space and um, I have experience working at tech companies and I also have pa a passion for creating content and distributing their stories and that information and helping people with resources and that stuff. So I decided that my blog will kind of marry all of those interests together. Right. And that is basically how, um, 
how I got to where I am now. Mm -hmm. Since then, I have left Google and I've had another part-time job at a university, mm -hmm. but now I'm full-time on this and it's, it's fun. That's incredible. So what was your role at Google? So you said that you had, you really took the time to make yourself stand out and you were learning how to code and you could put down some of the languages that you were learning. Is there one in particular that you gravitated to? I know Visual Basic is what you learned when you were younger, but as you began to work with developers and teach yourself, was there something that you found? And you also mentioned data, which we'll come back to in just a minute because I want to talk a little bit about the, the power and the importance of data uh, in everything that we do around computer science and tech. But what is there a language that, you know, as you were learning, you thought, oh, this is really, this is really great? Uh, to be honest, I don't have one that just stands out. Um, I'm kind of torn between Python and JavaScript. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's both. Yes. And so, um, and they do pretty, I mean, they can do so many different things, both of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, Python is good with data. Uh, JavaScript is good with other things. And, you know, um, the more frameworks that... Um, are being born and are mm -hmm. being developed, the more opportunities there are with both of these languages. I think they're just super versatile and I'm torn between both of them. I, I will be honest with you. I keep on just, uh, I don't, I don't code professionally, but sometimes right. I learn, um, uh, I learn how to code. I improve my skills and, uh, I just, I'm torn. <laughs> well, you know, well, I like, but I agree with you. And I think they go hand in hand with one another. Python is a very robust open source coding language that allows you to be extremely versatile, like you said, with data, with application development, with um, web development. You can use Python for so many different pieces. And JavaScript equally has this the scripting piece to allow you to have that functionality and that pizzazz that you want to add to your application data website, all the other pieces so that people are attracted and want to use what you are creating on the front and back end. So I agree with you. It's hard to, I like both of those languages as well. I, I tend to program more in the data space. So I do a lot with SQL or mm -hmm. SQL, have some people say it both ways. And then I've also done a lot of work with SAS, which is not as SAS, which is um, the analytical software that many banks use. And so I do a lot of programming in those areas more so than I do in Python and JavaScript. But the element that I wanted to talk about is that when Masha said that it was hard to choose because she liked both of them, there are similarities in the syntax between Python and JavaScript. And for me, there's similarities in SQL and SAS. So once I learned one language, it was not that difficult to learn another. Now, does it mean, like you said, I, I don't professionally code like, I, like I've done in the past. Now, I, I don't do quite as much of that on a daily basis, but I'm always keeping my skills up and always making sure that I'm keeping note of what's happening out there in the programming world and anything that's been released or a new update that's happened. And I think that's really important because what you mentioned before is that skill set, even though you don't do it professionally, if you sat down and there was a problem you needed to solve, you could figure that out based on the knowledge that you know of Python, JavaScript, the VB, all those kinds of things. Absolutely. And it's just a, it's a different way to approach problems. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a logic that I think people should learn, whether they are going to become software engineers or not. It's a different type of logic and it's a different mm-hmm. type of thinking. And um, it, it's the same with languages, you know. That's why I love learning new languages and learning how to say different things and express myself in different ways because it just gives you these tools that mm-hmm. your brain can then use to solve problems. Like a, a problem can be expressing yourself to the most um, correct extent. For example, I don't know, different languages they have words for emotions that others will not be able to express. Or maybe you mm-hmm. will be able to express those, um, those sentiments, but it would take you three or five words to say the same thing right. that one language can do in, um, in one way. And it just gives you a new perspective, a new type of thinking, a new set of tools that you can use, um, even, just to, even just to communicate, but especially problem solving it's yeah you know and the thing that i think the most about this too when we say problem solving the best way i can explain it and i let me know if you feel the same way too but whenever i'm presented with something new and i'm not exactly sure how to do it that could be using a video editing software it could be going into excel that i need to create a new formula Or it could be just simply trying to figure out the day of managing my two children and work and whatnot. But I feel like because I have had to sit down and really think about learning how to code, learning how to tell an inanimate object like a computer to do something based on an if-then statement or based on something I wanted to do, that problems don't seem quite as overwhelming to me as they used to be. I know that there's some tool somewhere in my brain that I can use to figure it out. And if all else fails, I think it's become a verb now that we Google it or we whatnot. But you know, I feel like I have this skill set that I can figure out how to solve the problem. Exactly, exactly. And I think coding helps you break it down further because you have to, a lot of the times to get to um, a solution, you have to break it down into smaller steps. And that right. is how problem solving works in real life as well. And once you start doing that, it doesn't seem as overwhelming. And so it's just, like you said, it's a different way of approaching problems. Mm-hmm. And like, that was a good way to, to emphasize you break it down into smaller steps. And I, because sometimes we get overwhelmed so easily or we can have so many things that come at us at one time. We're not exactly sure how to start. And I, part of being a programmer is you realize you just got to start with step one. Like, what are we going to do first? Mm -hmm. And then figure out what we're going to do second. And then if the first part didn't work, all right, well, fiddle sticks, let's try something else, you know, until we begin to failing fast and failing forward is really the art of what we do and being a, a programmer. Exactly. Debugging is such a, such a huge part of the job. And it's, it's basically in a way, I like the way uh, you put it. I never thought about it um, from the perspective of little failures. You're basically mm-hmm. constantly facing your own failures and you become more resilient mm-hmm. um, in probably other fields as well, because you're just so used to dealing with it, not right. just avoiding it, proactively dealing with it and proactively solving and figuring out how can you learn from this? How can you 
fail upwards, as a lot of people say. Yeah. I mean, I have become the semicolon queen. I forget semicolons on a regular basis. I also misspell words or forget a bracket and, you know, all of those things at this point, you know, and it, it always makes me giggle a little bit when I'll be teaching students and they're like, it's not working. And I'm like, oh, just check and see if you missed a semicolon. Let's just start with that. You know, I mean, yep. that's usually the number one issue or you left off a bracket or you left off you need to put two quotation marks on either side. And, you know, those are just, they're like, how did you know that? I'm like, well, because I've done it a hundred times mm-hmm. plus, hundred million times probably at this point. Well, um, tell me a little bit about, so you worked at Google, you did some work at the university and then decided that Encoding Blonde has been your blog for a while as so you've been writing um, different articles about technology and, and growing as a professional. How did that, uh, what are you doing now with Coding Blonde? What is your main focus and how are you serving other women um, in the area of technology? So uh, I am doing, my main focus right now is content, creating content uh, Mm -hmm. for women in technology. Um, And my mission is to empower women in in tech to create their own uh, lives and careers, their mm-hmm. unique career uh, career paths that, you know, you don't have to, uh, you basically can go off the beaten path and I'm, ho- I'm hoping to be able to help with that and also have a unique impact in this world because all of us are driven by something, right? And technology, I feel like it's a tool to get there. And Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to help these women to figure out what it is for them and give them the tools and resources um, to get there. And I have a couple, so I have my content. I also have my newsletter, Mm -hmm. um, celebrating and connecting women in technology. And it's been, it's been a year since I've launched it and it's been incredibly rewarding just for me to get all of that positive information, uh, all, all of that positive energy and just celebrate women and really feel like we're uplifting each other by celebrating each other and mm-hmm. recognizing our own wins. You know, sometimes we, uh, we tend to um, undermine our own wins and especially mm-hmm. in countries yes. or societies where gender uh, roles are um, especially prominent. So for example, in Russia, the things that women normally celebrate is engagement, baby, marriage, you know, all of those gender, Mm -hmm. um, stereotypically gender uh, associated. Specific roles, right. Yes. Yes. But I want to celebrate also graduations. I want to celebrate Mm -hmm. promotions. I want to celebrate personal development achievements and things like that um, so that we can start recognizing those things in ourselves more. And finally, I'm working on a, it's, it hasn't been launched yet. I am, it's currently uh, in a project, but I'm mm-hmm. uh, working on a community platform for women um, to connect with each other, women in tech to connect with each other, network, and basically build relationships that are much deeper than what's, what happens on social media right now? Right. Because I, I've been so incredibly lucky to connect with so many incredible women um, on social media, and I want to interconnect them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
And do you have a large international base of women that have joined, joined your newsletter that you've been able to work with, um, communicate with on a, on a regular basis? Yes, absolutely. Um, I can tell you the top five countries on, for example, Instagram or YouTube, uh, but I know there's so many more. Uh, For example, I have a ton of people from the US. I have a ton of people from India, from the UK, from Brazil, from Mexico, um, and other countries. I'm they they keep on switching, and I can only Mm -hmm. see you know that uh, those countries on Instagram, for example. But if I go on my YouTube account, I won't be able to tell you in which order those countries are. But there's so many, so many awesome women. And, you know, just talking to people through direct messages or emails, Mm -hmm. they're from all over the world. Right. And they're going through this experience of of growing their careers in tech um, that is very similar for everyone. but in very different environments and very different coming from very different backgrounds and all that stuff. And I find that incredibly fascinating and also uh, powerful. And I Mm -hmm. hope to be able to connect those women together because at the end of the day, they have the same struggles and they can relate to each other and they can help each other. So I think that's incredible. And the exposure and being able to learn from other women and especially women from other cultures that may be experiencing problems or careers in a different way brings new perspective. And it also, to me, that it sparks creativity on how you can help one another to grow and, and take each other's experiences to make your own more rich. I mean, that's incredible. And that, I believe that community platform will be a great place for people to share that. When we come back uh, from our quick break, we're going to talk with Masha a little bit more about the role Coding Blonde is playing in the world of empowerment for women in tech. I would like to talk to her a bit about her recommendations for some programming language that you yourself can go and start learning. Remember, part of our conversation here on Coding the Future is thinking about ways in which we can Uh, promote ourselves and learn to move forward in our career. We're not saying that everyone has to walk out and be a professional programmer. Both Masha and I have said neither one of us are, but that we do have some background in that. So when we come back, we're going to talk, dig in a little bit more about Coding Blonde and you can find information about her on codingblonde.com and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. From face-to-face training to blended training techniques, the DOT Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The DOT Consulting, a new level of tech savvy, Visit the dot consulting.co. The world needs more women with tech skills. At the Dottie Rose Foundation, we encourage, support, and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. 
Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. We invite you to connect with the show today by calling in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Sharon at the.consulting.co. Now, back to Coding the Future. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome back to Masha. When we, uh, before we took um, our break, we were talking a little bit about how Masha has built this international community of women through her um, blog and her newsletter. And she is working on building a community platform where women can in, interact and exchange ideas and creativity and really help grow this field. And, you know, there's something you said, Masha, that I think is so important about how gender roles are stereotyped differently in different countries. And using our voice to have a seat at the table is so important because as women, we're usually the first to adopt technology, use it, understand it, use it for the management of our homes, of our careers, et cetera. So I think that's a really powerful statement to say that you're bringing women from all these different cultures together to create this community. In your research, and this is something I wanted to bring up because you talked a little bit about when you were... Uh, learning about marketing, about the importance of data. How has data and understanding your audience for your Coding Blonde platform helped drive the decisions that you're making now? Absolutely. Well, I, uh, a big part of my master's was market research mm-hmm. and understanding your uh, client, your customer, however you want to call it, right? Um, So I've always approached my brand from that perspective, from trying to understand what, how I can serve my uh, client. And actually, uh, I'll be completely honest with you. At some point, um, I was following the majority of uh, my audience and what they needed. And I actually, um, that actually distracted me from my mission and from what I wanted to accomplish because I was listening to that too much. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you know, Mm -hmm. I am mission driven. Right. And I understand where I can add value. But unfortunately, that was driving me in a slightly different direction. It was driving me in a direction where I couldn't uh, add value as as Mm -hmm. well. And it was driving me... um, towards serving a slightly different audience because unfortunately at the time, a lot of my followers were not, I guess, my ideal um, client, my ideal customer. And so it took me some time to understand um, how I can get back and how I can actually um, serve the audience that I want to serve. And it took a lot of interviews and a lot of uh, virtual coffees to really Mm -hmm. 
gather that information to really understand how, uh, what do these people need and where's the overlap with my skill set? Where's the overlap with the value that I can provide? I'm kind of thinking of a Venn diagram and I right. found that spot in the middle um, mm-hmm. where the overlap happened. And it took me some time, but data is incredibly important. But sure. I want to say that for content, it's not just quantitative data, it's also qualitative data. And That's what I heard you say. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's quantitative data can stir you in a slightly di- different direction. You also have to dig into qualitative qualitative data Mm -hmm. uh, in order to really understand what uh, people need and how you can solve their problems. Um, Does that answer your question? Yeah. I mean, and and I like the way you said that because, you know, data is good and it gave you information, but it wasn't the information you needed to drive your mission for it. It gave you some facts. It gave you information, but it wasn't, but, and so then you were able to take that and say, okay, hmm, it's not really what, where I'm thinking I want to go with this mission. Let me actually do a bit more. And that qualitative piece is so important. I, I say that a lot when I was earning my dissertation. I did a quantitative research. And although it gave me numbers, it didn't give me everything. And so in addition to me running all the numbers, I also had to ask teachers, you know, can you help me qualify or help me understand why you answered this question that way so I get a better perspective on how you're feeling about using technology. My dissertation was on the integration of technology in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people answered questions because they didn't really know what I was asking or, or how to answer it in a certain way. So I really value that you said that you used both and that qualitative piece helped drive your decisions on where your business and the blog was going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You have to use them in, there there has to be a balance between the two in order Mm -hmm. to give you um, proper insights. And of course you have to ask ask the right questions to begin with and you have to figure out what your goals are. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe I didn't do it to uh, the correct extent before I started uh, quantitative research. So, yeah. And so using that information, your, your original blog has grown to be quite a robust website. You offer a lot of pieces of advice for personal growth and technology and entrepreneurship and career. Talk to me a little bit about how you've grown from just being that blog site to offering these different opportunities for women. I mean, I know we talked about the community platform, but looking at your website now and understanding from what I saw on your, from what I followed on your YouTube channel, you have, you're providing the blog, but also career coaching tips, um, personal growth information, coaching in general? Well, I realized that um, I don't have a background in programming. I can't teach people programming skills, right? But I do have that soft skill, um, that soft skill angle that I can help with. And I'm super passionate about psychology and uh, emotional intelligence and leadership skills. And I'm super passionate about learning them myself. And I love sharing what I've learned with other people. So I've realized that my niche or, you know, the way I can um, add value is to talk about those things and also 
share resources on those things and share stories of people who have gone through the experiences that my audience is going through um, mm-hmm. in order to help them understand, relate, get some advice and all that stuff. So for example, a video that I just, a video on a blog post um, that I just published last Thursday was an interview with three women who had a completely different background. There was a woman who was in fashion, there was a woman who was in journalism, and there was a woman who uh, worked as a dancer. And they all ended up working in technology in some way or another, and now they're using their backgrounds mm-hmm. to their advantage to gain um, a competitive edge and to really bring in something to the industry um, that makes them stand out, that makes them unique. And I love that. So I wanted to share their stories and I wanted to to help other women see how they can apply their backgrounds, how they can apply their other interests and other skills to enhance and enhance their career, enhance their resume, and just in general, make them more unique as candidates and I don't know, bring some additional unusual value because every candidate is super unique and we shouldn't think about our skill sets in the construct of what's on our resumes. Like we're Mm -hmm. just so much more than that. And that's just one of the examples in in, uh, which I uh, think I can provide value with my content. Yeah, I would agree with that. The, The part that I think is really intriguing and what I want listeners to think about is we're never just a, a, a one-stop shop. You know, we, we have, people sometimes define themselves by a particular skill set, right? But we have so many different um, experiences and skills that we can bring to the table. You know, I like that you mentioned fashion and uh, we just did, I, I run a nonprofit that supports girls in computer science and we just did an entire fashion camp. And what we talked a lot about is fashion is one of the most tech forward uh, industries that is currently in the works. You know, they're able, they they pivoted, that entire discipline pivoted so well to the e-commerce platform and to utilizing social media to create algorithms and places for people to buy. They they allowed their user to have multiple ways to to interact with them and then in particular really honed in on who their target market is and provided them this easy way to purchase. And that's incredible. And you have to have an entire team behind, once you design the clothes, you've got to put them up on the web. You got to have a photographer. You've got to have a web designer, you know, I mean, you could do all those things yourself, right? Cause we can, we're triple threats. We can do all those things as ladies, right? But having, exactly. having a team behind you to help, but those are all the little pieces that I think sometimes young people or even those of us that are in our now in our forties, um, don't realize that there's all these opportunities within the field that you can utilize your skill set, but also work in a really progressive, innovative way. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like technology when, and I I do that a lot, I call technology an industry, but I feel like technology is a tool that different industries have have applied to their context. For example, the food industry, there's so many different ways in which technology has been adapted. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, right now, deliveries and all that stuff, right? Can you imagine if uh, we had this whole COVID-19 thing, I don't know, 15 years ago? 
Life would not be the same. Life would not, we would not be able to do what we're doing right now because Mm -hmm. technology has disrupted so many different industries, including food industry, Mm -hmm. which, you know, like we've experienced so much during these times. Um, Or I remember I was talking to this one girl who just finished a boot camp, a web development boot camp, and she comes from um, the restaurant industry. And she was asking me, how can she apply for jobs? And I was like, this is a no brainer work with restaurants mm-hmm. you have both like again venn diagram you have the restaurant skills you know the industry you understand right. what restaurant what restaurants need what clients need and all that stuff you have the skills um you have the web development skills just marry them and become this unique person who serves this niche because right. your uniqueness will make you stand out it will make you just an expert to another level. And I think we should all think about our skills and our passions and our knowledge and our backgrounds in this more of a holistic manner. We're not just a web developer. We're a web developer with all of that knowledge. Or we're not a data scientist. We're a data scientist. So the girl that I interviewed who was a journalist, she's a data scientist and a journalist. So awesome. Like she was telling stories with numbers. Yes. yeah, I brilliant. Think. <laughs> I love that. It's like, and so I was, I was, as you were talking, <clears throat> I picked up, I have this, um, I'm going to put it up on the screen. Well, we're recording um, where we can see each other, although we're listeners, we'll just be listening. But I, I have this sticky note that I put up on my um, desk every day and it's unique, brilliant, unique brilliance and know your purpose. And what, when you just said that, Masha, it literally just uh, my, little light bulb went off and thinking that young woman has a already knows the industry and now has learned how to do the tech part of it. So now she has this unique brilliance of being able to serve a passion that she loves, which is food, but also elevate it using technology. So you stay innovative because, you know, I've I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show that with COVID-19 and the way it's affected our lives, we just know moving forward that there is going to be a technical component in really everything that we do. Whatever job we serve or, or career we choose, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, whatever it looks like, having that tech skill is going to be really important. And I agree with you that it's not always about coding. There's a soft skill piece and there's that agility to be able to move around and understand new softwares that are coming your way. Um, but I think that if we we're doing ourselves a disservice, if we don't take the time to really understand how the digital world is going to play a part of our future. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So that being said, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about some action items that you could recommend to our listeners. One of your blog posts does talk about um, some of the top programming languages to learn if you could recommend maybe the top three that come to, to mind when you're thinking about integrating skill sets of, of someone who has maybe been in the food industry, been in corporate, maybe worked in banking, across the board, could you give your top three recommendations of programming languages that someone could begin to learn that they could use in some capacity in their role? Absolutely. I think 
Um, so actually, the, the, they would be the languages that we've already discussed. Um, I think that JavaScript is a great one. Python is a great one. And another one that is um, applicable to any, anybody, right? Because we're, we're not talking about learning these programming languages to become a professional programmer necessarily, but how languages that you would maybe use in a business environment, SQL. Mm -hmm. SQL. So when I was at Google, a lot of my colleagues used SQL because we had a lot of data and yes. going through that uh, data and being able to uh, quickly analyze it and quickly, um, you know, request certain information was just such a great skill. And that adds, um, that basically boosts your resume to the next level mm -hmm. and shows an employer that you you are serious about what you're doing, right? You right. understand what, um, how to use data, how to manipulate it, how to really understand what it's telling you. And JavaScript and Python, like we've already discussed, they're, they're just so versatile and you can do so many different things. And at the same time, they're not difficult to learn. Uh, they have, especially Python has such a simple syntax and it doesn't have too many of those semicolons and things mm -hmm. like that. Yes, you're right. You're exactly <laughs> which, right. Which uh, simplifies a lot of things and definitely um, eliminates the 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 likelihood of you having a bug because mm -hmm. you forgot a semicolon. But yeah, I think those are the three languages that I would highly recommend. But in any case, regarding um, learning any programming skills, I would recommend thinking about what are you curious about building, mm -hmm. right? So I always start, whenever anyone asks me about what language to learn, I always ask them, what do you want to build? Want to, what do you want to create? Because that should come first and the language is a tool and different languages will allow you to do different things in, uh, to a different extent, right? And they have their own benefits, they have their own limitations. So decide what you want to build, decide what you want to create, what you're passionate about, and then the language decision should come after. Oh my gosh, that... You're going to have to maybe repeat that four more times because I thought that's, that's magnificent because if you, can't, if you don't love it, you won't ever really learn it. And if you don't have a passion for it, if you don't have any kind of interest in it, it doesn't stick. And especially for adult learners, we have so many other pressures in our lives that like if we're not finding it interesting, it doesn't help. You know, so, and I have mentioned this before and I think I, I hear this in your voice too that you know, for me, I wasn't going to sit down and be an application developer. It just, I, I didn't want to develop apps the rest of my life or develop websites, but I loved the idea of analyzing data. So that's what I chose to spend my time in learning how to program. Now, I, and then Python and JavaScript, of course, go hand in hand with all of that. But thinking about how you're going to use that language is so important. And the best piece of advice that she just gave that needs to be repeated over and over again is that if you're going to learn how to program or think about building with technology, what is it that you want to build? Just start there and make a list. Mm -hmm. And if you keep coming, I call it the boomerang effect. If you, uh, boomerang, let me say that again. I call it the boomerang effect where you keep coming back to the same thing over and over again. I don't know what you think about that. I, yeah, 100%. I mean, 
And that goes to goes back to the sticky note that you showed me, uh, your purpose. And what are you passionate about? Your brilliance, you know, all of those things. It always, there's always a core. Um, I feel like that all, all, all of what we do um, kind of, everything that we do kind of rotates around that core, around that one stem. Um, and there is always going to be uh, like this effect of coming back to something. And what is it that you're coming back to? And it's like explore that further and really um, try to understand it within yourself. And that, that will help you with so many things because it's just self-awareness that takes your um, – takes you to the next level, whether it comes to understanding what things that you like to build, whether it's understanding what makes you click, what make, like sparks your eyes. Um, mm -hmm. It's all about, th there will always be something that drives you and understanding that is incredibly important. I completely agree. Could you give our listeners... If you could think about three pieces of advice that you would give them as they're thinking about moving forward, coding their future, understanding steps they can take right now as we are in the current climate in working to move their career forward with a bit of a digital twist to it, but three pieces of advice that you could provide based on your, your knowledge and expertise. Okay, I think I've narrowed it down to three. <laughs> well, you can um, say more if you like. Uh, it's just there, there's so many things. But the first thing is define what success looks like um, because without understanding where you're trying to go and what you want your life to be, you're not going to get there because if you think about how any journey, right, you need to know the destination to be able to pave the path. You need to, um, if we're talking about Google Maps, you need to know the point that you're trying to reach, to, to go to, and then see what paths will lead us there and then decide how you're going to get there. But define what success means to you right now. And of course, it will change um, in a certain amount of time. Uh, you know, we go through different stages in lives and we evolve and we grow and it's just a normal process. But for you right now, define what, what success looks like in terms of your career and personal life. Don't forget um, that your life isn't just your career, that you have to take into account your other priorities and other things in life that make you happy. Because at the end of the day, what's the point of living otherwise if you're not going to be happy, right. right? So define what it is and then create a plan on how to get there whether it involves, um, you know, shifting careers into technology, learning a new language, learning new skills or anything, define where you want to go and then decide on the path. Uh, the next thing is, I think, and especially in technology in that world, it's very important to be able to take and give good feedback um, mm. and learn how to do that. And you know, this is something that I'm learning myself at the same time. Um, feedback is just such a, there is a, I wouldn't say there isn't a right uh, way to give it, but there's definitely a wrong way to give it. Right. And there's definitely a wrong way to take it. Mm -hmm. um, so learning how to receive and give feedback is something that um, 
I think everybody should start doing right now because it takes a lot of self-awareness, it takes a lot of emotional intelligence and all of the different things that come, um, all the different leadership skills that come along with it. And finally, I think having a growth mentality uh, and really learning how to develop that is would be my advice number three. And uh, growth mentality versus... Um, I don't remember what's the opposite, closed mentality? Yeah, closed-mindedness versus Cl- being a growth mindset. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And it, it just basically means believing that you're not born with a certain set of skills. Uh, you might be born with certain predispositions and certain talents in certain areas, but if you want to really learn a skill, if you want to uh, develop in a certain area, it just takes practice. It takes hard work. And for for some people, it will take more hard work than others, but you will get there. You will develop those neural neural connections. Uh, You know, it's all about neuroplasticity and us being able to uh, grow in the areas in which we really want to grow. So adapting that and really thinking about life as this journey of personal development and right. growth. Um, I think that's, that's the third piece of advice that I would give. Fantastic. And I agree with everything because especially in our current climate and where we're heading, those things are going to be really important because what we know to be true is that nothing is consistent but change. And I've said that before. And change has been very, very uh, vibrant here in the past uh, uh, four months. How can listeners find you? Where can they find to reach out, learn more about your platform, your blog, your community that you will be launching? Where do they find you? Codingblonde.com or Codingblonde on most social media. Um, I'm there. I'm waiting. And I'd love to connect with anyone. Wonderful. Masha, thank you so much for your time today. This was incredible. Her journey and her honesty um, really helps drive her mission to empower women. And I think that we, people follow you, Masha, because of your honesty and your authenticity. Authenticity, let me say that right, because how you're present, what you're talking about and your honest journey is really inspiring. So I really thank you for your time today and sharing your story and our great conversation because I love talking with fellow coders. Even if we don't do it every day for profession, we still have a love and uh and passion for that. You can learn more about um, what we do here on Coding the Future on the Voice America platform under Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. You are listening here, so you can always continue to download our episodes. And you can find out more about myself and the work that I do at the dot consulting.co. It's dot co. And I look forward to seeing everybody on the next episode. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you again, Masha. And everyone have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.